This is Warrior Talk, your information and inspirational business podcast from the community of entrepreneurs at freeenterprisewarriors.com. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Matt Hayes. And I'm Dave Jenks. Mr. Jenks, I understand that you've been working on a team building webinar uh, for ExecSense, which you've done other programs before. How has that been going? It's really been a wonderful opportunity. You know, ExecSense, E-X-E-C-S-E-N-S-E.com, and they describe themselves as the world's largest collaborator collection of digital knowledge, which I think might be true. They have lots of webinars, e-books, e-docs, podcasts, all of that. And this is the third one that I'm doing with them. And it's on team building. And what it really did for me, Matt, was to have me bring my thoughts back into what it really takes to build teams. And over the years, in all of the positions I've held, you know, teamwork, actually right from the very beginning when I was on athletic teams in in high school and college, this whole idea of teamwork has been something of, of real interest to me and the people around me. It was a chance for me to go back and really visit the fundamentals of what I believe about teamwork. Now, when it comes to team building, that's a very broad topic. What did you really focus on in your training? Well, the idea was to realize what great teamwork is. There are a lot of books written on it, on leadership and team building and all of that, but I find they tend to make it more complicated than it really is. To me, uh, and I call it our keep it simple method for teamwork, is really to understand that, that great teamwork is about goals and roles. In other words, it's about having a real understanding about what it is that this, this team, this group of people, what it is they're trying to achieve, what their mission is, what the, what the outcomes are that they intend, and then understanding on the team what each person's role is in accomplishing that goal. So when you get clear about the goals, the intentions of the team, and you get clear about each person's role in working together to achieve that team goal, then you get great teamwork or you have the opportunity to get teamwork. So I always say, just keep it simple. It's about goals and roles. All right. So if the goals and roles are the essence of this teamwork and accomplishing this and making it simple, uh, how do we actually determine uh, what's the process like to find out what these goals and roles are? Well, it's really both of those things. In other words, what you do is you put energy, first of all, to determining what is it that your team is really charged with? In other words, what really are its goals? What's the purpose? Why are you gathered together? Who do you serve? In other words, who is it that you take care of? If you're in a large corporation, it may be that your job as a team is to help other parts of the company be successful. Like if you're in delivery or something or fulfillment, you know, that people are going to expect you to take orders, get them organized, get them out, get them shipped out, do that efficiently. It may be a very small piece in a sense of the greater mission of the venture. On the other hand, if you're a small team, uh, like we studied in the real estate industry, if you're a high performance team, a real estate agent with their administrator and some other agents on their team, and they're building high performance, now you're in a very focused role where you're really doing everything. I mean, all, everything that has to be done, you're really serving the end consumer. So it's really good to take the time to specifically say, what is our goal? What is our purpose? What is it that we want to hold ourselves accountable to? Who is it that we serve? And then the second thing that you do, Matt, and, and this is where you get very detailed and analytic. You say, okay, then what is it that it takes to get that goal accomplished, to reach that outcome? What are the 
tasks and functions that have to happen? What order do they happen in? And then the next thing is who on the team does each of those tasks and functions? So we un- And then we create, let's say, what are called job descriptions. That's the technical end of it. But it really just is saying who does what piece of the work and how do we back each other up and how do we hand over the activity to someone else so that they can do their part of it and then together we get this done. It's really looking in detail, Matt, at two things, the goal, the mission, the purpose, the what it is our outcome is, who we serve and how we serve them. And then second of all, what is it we actually do? What are the tasks, the functions, the job descriptions, the things that that we have to do to make that happen, to achieve those goals? One thing that you talk a lot about in a previous podcast is about motivation and the big why, because we can get so engulfed with tasks and goals and performance stuff and these details and analytics that you're talking about, which seems so very detailed and analytical. Is there something like more personal or motivational about teamwork to help us lift us through this to help us realize why we're doing what we do? Well, I think it's two things, Matt. I mean, the first thing is to not ignore the analytic side of this because it lays the foundation for the motivational side of this. In other words, when we really understand who it is we serve and what our purpose is, we start to get a a bigger feel for what our activities are. Otherwise, it can feel like just mundane day-to-day, oh, it's detail stuff, boring, boring. But if we understand how we're serving the bigger mission, the customers, the end user maybe, or the other people in our company that lead to the end user, the satisfaction and the success of our, our venture, then we have a higher purpose. So we feel good about that. So I don't want to minimize this the importance of doing the work on what you you have named and I would agree is the analytic side of this, the analytic rational look at our mission and vision and 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 what we're doing, and then the other side of it, which is the the goals, the details, the tasks, and the functions. But okay, then we wrap that in a bigger picture and say, what does this all mean? In other words, what do we as team members have as values and beliefs that we believe we're fulfilling? Uh, What are the ways that we treat each other? How do we, what are our rules of engagement? How do we talk to each other? How do we support each other? How do we keep our energy level high? How do we keep our creativity uh, working? How do we help each other when things are going wrong, when there's mistakes, when things happen? You know, how do we recover from that? How do we back each other up? Uh, How do we embrace the diversity on the team because if we're going to be a team it's going to take different skill sets and different skill sets mean different behavioral styles maybe even different personalities and so then how do we embrace that diversity and really acknowledge that each of us have a different role to play and it's valuable and even though it's not like I would do it perhaps or doesn't talk to my strengths I recognize it I embrace it so that creates this really wonderful sense of collaboration and cooperation and that sense, I mean, I think we all talk about it. We, we, we sometimes have a hard time describing it, but we know it when we feel it, that really high sense of connectivity and teamwork. So in the end, in that, Matt, we, I think, then understand that if we all succeed together, we then benefit each other. In other words, one, we just enjoy the accomplishment. That's a good thing. The other thing is it may lead to some recognition for our team. The other thing is it may lay a foundation for people on the team to move on to other opportunities and use this as kind of a, a you know a really good stepping stone of a thing they would put on their resume, a, a place where they've learned things and accomplished things that they can talk about. We're also knowing that as we succeed as a team, that we are succeeding in helping 
helping each other's individual lives be more fulfilled. And I think that's where a lot of the motivation really comes from. To really get us in, as uh, some athletes call it, the zone, or as Sir Ken Robinson said, the element. That's right. No, those are great concepts. When our team is in the zone, we feel it. We feel the the, the connectivity, the energy, the cooperation. We, we feel our power. We get a little swagger, you know, about who we are as a team. Uh, athletic teams have this this incredible uh, sense of we're going for the championship. We're going for the victory. Uh, you know, yes, we each have individual performances and maybe someone on the team is in a sense a superstar in that they're good at scoring or they're good at some aspect of the game that puts them at a very, very you know high level. But we're not about just that individual performance, that it's the, it, what we pride ourselves most in is winning the championship as being in the zone. And as then, then Ken Robinson said, we each are greatest in our lives when we are in our element, meaning when we're using our greatest strengths and skills. So one of the things great teams do and great leaders of teams do is address the diversity, address the unique strengths of each person and focus more on their strengths than on the the weaknesses. If somebody is a, you know, has a weakness, then we're going to bridge that. So we build on strength, we bridge weakness. The team combines so that all the strengths are covered, but it doesn't require that everyone be strong in everything. So you're, yeah, I love that idea of being in the zone. And, and one of the things that great teams do is they get in that zone. A lot of this talk seems to be about leadership, but what if I'm not that person on the team that recognizes what everybody does? What if I'm just a member of the team, but not the leader of the group? The real sense of leadership has no position. There are positions of responsibility, like if I'm the coach, I'm going to call the plays, or if I'm the quarterback, I'm going to coordinate the offense, or if I'm the center linebacker, I might coordinate the defense. So I may be given a role on the team of coordination and oversight. So in that sense, you know, push comes to shove, I'm going to make the decision. That's the role I have. So that's the kind of role of leadership. But what we find on great teams is that leadership is shared, is that each person realizes that in some element of the team, they're the leader. So, for example, let's just take a basketball team. You know, I, as the point guard, I may be the leader for making the plays happen and passing the ball. But on the other hand, if I'm the big center in the middle, I may be the leader when it comes to defense and rebounding and protecting ourselves from the other team scoring. If I'm a really good outside shooter, I may be the one who is the leader who steps up when the game is on the line and this shot has to be made. The ball is going to be worked to me and then I'm going to, with all the confidence in the world, all that leadership, I'm going to take that shot. The greatest understanding of leadership is that on great teams, it's a shared function. We each have leadership responsibility and it shows up at different times. On a, let's take a business team. When something has to be done in an organized administrative way, then your administrative person Person is really the one who's in charge of that. You don't have your sales and marketing person be the one trying to build your administrative support systems. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it very well. So their leadership there would be would be silly, right? It would be wrong. On the other hand, you wouldn't send a good detailed techie kind of person who really gets the details. You wouldn't send them out on a sales call because they don't have the personal communication skills and the, and the presentation skills that you would require on a sales call. So each person on the team recognizes that there's going to be a point in the game where they step up and they become a leader. And then the 
I think the other thing underneath that, Matt, that addresses this question of what if I'm not the leader of the team, that is that everyone can contribute to the team's performance and that therefore they understand making decisions and they can make contributions that lead to leadership. For example, anything they would do that would help clarify the goals and mission of the company, of the team, would be a good thing to do, even if they weren't the leader of the team. Anything that they would do to back up and encourage somebody else's performance and notice that they did well and give them a high five for it would embrace and help the performance of the team. So in a sense, everyone can have a leadership role and everyone can build their leadership skills. This is a lot of positive, good information, but there's also sometimes a negative side when you have more than one person working together in a group. There can be conflict, there could be contention, maybe some disagreement. Does that ruin teamwork? And what does what do you do in a situation when that comes up? Because we're human, it does happen. It does, and I think there's two things that are important to understand about that. One is, don't automatically think it's negative. In other words, there there is, a, there is such a thing as constructive controversy. In fact, in his book, Imagine, by Jonah Lehrer, he says that the greatest creativity comes out of confrontation and debate. In other words, rather than having just a positive brainstorming, everyone's positive, don't be critical of anyone else's idea, just, you know, plus it and make, you know, keep it all positive. In fact, he said when groups have that kind of brainstorming mindset, they don't get to creativity. The groups that get to creativity are the ones that debate and contend and say, no, I agree. This is what I think is true. And that doesn't make sense to me. And what happens out of that debate comes better answers. Same thing with a game plan. You know, when you're in the locker room and you're talking about, you know, what happened in the first half and you're adjusting your game, then there's the, it's important to understand that people make contributions by observing what went wrong, being critical. Now, the one thing that does undermine teamwork is when the criticism becomes personal, when it's about you just always are wrong, you just always make mistakes, you're just letting the team down. That kind of stuff can be very undermining of this sense of synergy. So I think what you do is you, you there's, a, there's a phrase that I introduced in the seminar called a high clash of ideas and a low clash of egos. In other words, have a high-minded debate about what the team is about and how to do it better and how to improve and fully identify identify where the team's going wrong and making mistakes and errors and own up to them and work at solving them. But on the other hand, don't make it personal. Don't make it about that person. Don't kind of judge them as if they're not a contributor. What you really do on a team, you have straight communication. You keep it on the performance of the team. You back off on the personal. And then I think the final element of that, Matt, is that you have some sort of agreement as how disputes and grievances are handled. And that usually is some sort of sidebar with a third party. It may be the designated leader of the team the coach or something, gathers a couple of team members that are having struggles with each other together and says, okay, we need to solve this. Let's get it on the table. What are your issues? Let's have a straightforward communication about this and let's find the win-win and then let's come out of this as a team. They'll often do that on the on the side or there'll be a process that says, if you have a disagreement with another person on the team, here's the first rule. You take them aside and you tell them personally, person to person, you have the courage to do this, that 
this is bothering you or this hurt you or this went wrong or you don't like the way this is going and the two of you try and work it out. And if you can't work it out, if you still have this tension and misunderstanding, then find a third person on the team to kind of be your mediator. And then ultimately, if you have to, but oh, don't always make this the first choice to go to a higher authority, i.e. the coach or the manager or the team leader. If that's always the first choice, you're going to go to the higher authority, then right away you get into this sort of regulatory uh, situation, this adversarial, we're going to the judge and people don't solve their problems with each other face to face. So I think that you raise a great uh, question, Matt, about what happens in contention. The first thing is to realize it can be creative, allow for it to happen, allow for uh, criticism and creativity and debate to happen, to come to good answers. When you come to an agreement or a consensus on the answer, then the team plays by that. And then the other is when it comes to personal issues, you find private ways to address those grievances and you build in an understanding that those are done, uh, first of all, person to person. That's a lot of great information. Dave, let's start wrapping it up. There seems to be a lot of books on leadership and team building. It seems everyone has an opinion on it. What do you recommend that actually is full of great information and actually works? Well, I'll tell you, the, the of all, and I've done a lot of reading in the leadership arena just because I've been fascinated with it. I find a lot of it is just kind of philosophizing and I'll, I'll call it hyping and trying to be clever. Uh, I think it complicates it. To me, the one solid book, it's not a famous book, but it's the best one I've ever read. It's called Credibility. Credibility, just one word is the name of it. I believe the, the 10th anniversary edition of it just came out, so it's kind of been revised and updated. Uh, the author is James Kouzis, K-O-U-Z-E-S, and Barry Posner, P-O-S-N-E-R. It's Credibility, How Leaders Gain It and Lose It and Why People Demand It. Uh, and it talks about the six fundamental disciplines of leadership. It is, it's researched. That's what I like about it. It's scientific. It really deals with what, how people really do view leadership. The one other one, I would just say it's an old, old one, but so much of leadership and team building is about great communication, positive, constructive, and good communication. And Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, is just the, the classic. In fact, I just looked it up the other night on Amazon. It's the number 200 book on all of Amazon today. You know, it was written, gee, right now it's, it's written like over 70 years ago. And yet today, it's in the top 200 of Amazon.com of today's sales, you know, the last 48 hours. So it's just kind of interesting. And the one thing I want to add in that that's relevant to people is that it's not just about how to win friends, how to be liked, that kind of thing. Because the, the next thing it says is how to get cooperation, how to get people to work together. That's the second set of rules in the book. And the third one is how to change people's attitudes without arousing resentment. And I, I think that's where you really, that's where you get to change people's attitudes. Those would be the two fundamental books that I would go to. I think that they cover the heart of what really teamwork and leadership is all about. And you can learn more from Dave as well during his Exec Sense webinar. You can find more information about that at FreeEnterpriseWarriors.com. That's also where we have additional podcasts, and you can pick up Dave's brand new audio ebook, all available for download at FreeEnterpriseWarriors.com. Dave, thanks so much for your time today. Great chat. Thank you, Matt. We'll talk to you again soon. I'm Matt Hayes. Onward.